Welcome to Wonderfully Done, a wholesome show about sex, communication, and loving yourself. I'm Lauren. And I'm Vix. It's super nice to meet you. Thank you so much for listening. To give a little brief overview, who are we? Uh, We are two sex-positive, horny sweethearts who uh, live in Australia right now. Wow, very cool. We love talking about sex. We love talking about bodies, relationship with bodies, how we connect with other people. And this show is just really about sharing our feelings on lovely questions that are sent to us. So the Wonderfully Done show offers listeners the opportunity to share with us about your stories, you know, anonymously, ask us questions. What are you curious about? What are you concerned about? What have you struggled with? And it's really just for us to have a conversation, share some advice, maybe share some research, what we've learned about it. The only rule for Wonderfully Done is that this is explicitly a shame-free zone. So you should always feel safe to talk to us about what's on your mind. And we are also practicing vulnerability in sharing with you. It's very important to know that we are not professionals. We aren't sex therapists. We're not psychologists. We're super pro therapy. We get heaps of therapy. And this is really designed to be a jumping off point for you to do your own research, uh, seek your own support, seek your own help, but primarily want to help you feel less alone. So what's really special about this episode, Vix, is that, oh my God, it is the last episode of our very first season. Holy shit. Pure madness. I truly, I, 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 I can't believe that it's here already. It feels like we only just started yesterday. Time flies. And we thought, okay, we're going to make a 10 episode season. I think we ended up doing 13 episodes when it came to all <laughs> the baby sods and everything else. We've just had way too much fun. Actually, the perfect amount of fun. And it's been a really special, important part of our 2020. So thank you so much, everybody. Uh, We've decided to celebrate the end of the season with a special format, haven't we? We have. I I thought we'd we'd do something a little bit fun. Uh, So uh, propositioned Lauren for something a little little bit cheeky. Uh, I think some of you out there might have also played a little game called Seven Minutes in Heaven way back in the day, which honestly, I feel like I'm very down to play as a full-on adult. I think it would be a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But the premise of Seven Minutes of Heaven in the format of this show today is that we have picked a selection of four questions and we are going to give a seven minute time limit to each question. So that includes both reading the question and basically saying as many of our thoughts as we can that fit within that time zone. And we're going to try really hard <laughs> to like <laughs> actually have them be seven minutes. <laughs> so get ready, everybody. It's going to be a, a good little challenge for us. So uh, it's time to start the timer for our very first seven minutes. And I'm going to, I'm going to click, I'm going to click start now. We're we're, we're getting into it. Get ready for the chaos. All right. (laughs) Dear Wonderfully Done, how can I be more of an absolute baddie like you? What's the key to your confidence? So dear listener, when I read this question, I immediately thought, well, they're talking about Vix. They're not talking about Lauren. So if you want to talk about confidence, I don't always have it. But that's the thing. Like a lot of people would say that I'm confident and I believe that I can come across as confident or do feel confident sometimes, but it's not a 24-7 thing. And that's one of my main points here. 
But further to that, I am also kind of a bit of an old nana sometimes, and I did look baddie up in Urban Dictionary, because I've seen it on TikTok. I don't see it that much in my normal life. Uh, Urban Dictionary says, a baddie is a female who can hold her own and take care of herself. She is very pretty and independent. Would you agree, Vix? (laughs) Oh, I mean, like, that's definitely what baddie means to me. And I definitely think of you as a baddie, to be honest. Like, I feel like, you know, when you think of uh, why, why does, like, there's different ways to be a baddie, in my personal opinion. And, like, I feel like you're, like, I feel like it's a disservice to yourself in this, like, I'm a grandma. Like, shut up. <laughs> like, I'm just desexualizing I, myself, yeah. I just like how, like, you know what you like. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool. I think it's great that you know what your limits are. You're, like, Lauren's a very, like, I like to go to bed by 10.30. That's what I like. <laughs> that's what sets me up for the day. And I respect that. I'm, like, why does that have to be a grandma thing? I think that's more like somebody who knows themselves, who knows, like, what sets them up for a good day. Like, that's cool. Like, I think that's great and something to aspire to. So I feel like that was a terrible way of saying that. I think you're a fucking daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just the thing. Like, you actually might not know what comes across as confidence to other people. So it can be really good to ask other people, do you think I'm confident in which areas? Do you sense a lack of confidence um, from me in an area? Which is a very vulnerable question. But when I think about confidence, confidence is hard for me sometimes. What helped was understanding that uh, a fragile self-confidence comes from being very protective of the concept of being dignified or being cool. Generally, if you feel like you have to be perfect all the time, successful all the time, you know, 100% flawless all the time, you are not going to be able to find confidence. But again, it's about that self-knowledge system. For me, like my personal share on this would be weights versus other fitness. When I was doing a lot of cardio or when I was really involved in diet culture, gross, don't recommend it. I was feeling very unconfident and very uncomfortable because I wasn't finding joy in the activity I was doing. It wasn't actually about skill, but it was about enjoyment and being in touch with what I wanted. Once I figured out that weightlifting was something that made me feel that joyful movement, it was a lot Uh, easier for me to feel confident in that area and now I like share flex photos sometimes and sometimes that's a source of confidence for me so it is about getting in touch with what you like and being yourself oh my god big flex babe I love it I love your flex (laughs) photos I feel like yeah I like resonate with that so much about that yeah it's like the way you treat your body through exercise like I had such a big fucking change in my life when um when I started treating exercise differently in my life like it had always been something that I did to punish myself for being a fat person so it was like I have to do this and this is gonna be awful and I don't enjoy it but I have to do it because that's the punishment I deserve for being a fatty fat fatty (laughs) and it's just like fucked like what fucked thinking but like obviously I can totally see how I got there and like how common it is for exercise to be used as something for punishment so like yeah kind of like realizing how deeply disconnected I was and like that I was disassociated like from my own body and then it was something that I looked at from far away as an object that I hated and was disgusted by you know so kind of like for me I would say like a, a big change in my confidence actually came through that kind of journey once I started connecting to my body as me you know like 
we are not two separate things. We are one and kind of like the extension of that becoming like how I treat my body, how I'm looking after myself and starting to learn to take true care of myself. And I would say that I become more and more confident the better I get at learning to treat myself with with deep care, you know? I do a lot of um, thinking around, you know, trying to really get in tune in tune with like my true self really questioning what are my true desires what truly makes me happy like I don't know about all of you out there but a lot of my life has been um driven by the shoulds so many shoulds and this is what I should enjoy this is what is expected of me uh this is how to look after other people first always but never how to sort of like do that for yourself like you know, when I think about being an absolute fucking baddie, I think about a really beautiful <laughs> friend that we have called Rose. Um, I love Rose. Uh, she's given, <laughs> every time I speak to her, the wisdom that she has around, yeah, but I guess confidence. You know, confidence is a difficult word. It's such a large umbrella and I really like kind of trying to break that down more like instead of saying that I want to be confident a lot of the time I think about things like I want to be more self-assured but anyway back to Rose you know she had some really great wisdom around not allowing yourself to be treated in ways that don't suit you not accepting less than you deserve and that in a very true way of like actually putting your foot down and actually saying no even when some of those cheap wins make you feel good for a minute and the other day we were talking a lot about treating yourself like you would a guest giving yourself that hospitality and I've been thinking about that so much there's so many things that like I don't do because I'm like it's a waste just for me who the fuck better to put the effort into than for me like oh my god we're running out of time there's only 40 seconds and I'm like should I let Lauren (laughs) speak and I'm like no I've got more things to say Um, I just wanted to mention like makeup and fashion. I use it as an armor. It makes me feel Mm. very powerful. I'm talking really fast. Maybe you should take over Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to add commit to what you're expressing. If you limit your own expression, that can signal discomfort and it takes practice and it is a skill and you can build it. And we believe you're a baddie. The end. Oh, that was what a fucking banger. Wow. I did not expect (laughs) you to fucking sweep it with that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, go away and spend some time on yourself, babes. Like and when you when you do you for real, that's when you will feel true confidence and other people will be able to see that. Seven minutes done. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is a fun challenge. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. We are definitely doing seven minutes in heaven again. <laughs> what a joy. <laughs> Everyone, please send us a question. If you want us to do a two minute um smash on it, please let us know. Let us <laughs> smash. Smash your question real nice. <laughs> oh my god. Alrighty, let's let's move on. Yeah, we don't even have time for fucking recaps. No, we can't. Not today, pals. You only no. get what you get and like that's it. Usually it's a 25-minute conversation. So of course that needs a summary, but if it's seven minutes, bam, you only just listen to it. You don't need it summarized. It's fine. Yeah, I'm also sorry if if y'all hate this format, but uh it's really fun to make and we're probably gonna do it again. Yeah, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's move into our next question. I shall reset the timer. All right, next question. Lay it on me. Dear Wonderfully Done, do you have any suggestions on ways to make chatting about sex and relationships openly with friends a bit easier and less awkward? Like how to encourage sex-positive culture in groups? Question mark. 
So we absolutely support this. And we've talked about this a few times, our own friendship groups, about how important sex positive friendship is to us. Uh, And I think this is a great thing for the listener to want. Consent really is important. Uh, It's important to know what your friends might be open to. People have different levels of comfort around vulnerability, sexual conversations, what gets discussed, how explicit it is, or even certain topics can be triggering or upsetting for people. So you've really got to navigate consent here. It's not all about taking a group of people and just making the conversation sexual. So Talking about boundaries, giving people an opt-in approach, not just turning your group chat into a sexy one, but instead offering to build another separate space and really set a new culture around what is what happens there, what you're hoping from would be a pretty good start. Yeah, for sure. Like, even though, like, you know, we've had this group chat in the past where, you know, it, it was this group of people where it, it was very normal to share nudes. It was very normal if we were at parties to take half nudes together in the bathroom, uh, you know, getting naked for drawing each other and stuff like that. But however, still within the group chat, uh, if you wanted to share something a bit sexy, we kind of had sort of like a gentle, just like, hey, uh, would people be sort of like keen to see like a hot photo that I took of myself earlier? And, you know, usually you'd only kind of wait for maybe like one or two people to reply because you know that it's probably fine, but it's still really nice to ask. So it's kind of like I, I would definitely say uh, with a lot of the relationships that we have, uh, you know, in our in our life, in our closer circles, maybe I'm speaking too much for you, Lauren, but I feel like there is quite quite a bit of sex positivity. Um, but I think that that's an interesting question too, isn't it? It's like, what does sex positivity mean to you? Uh, are your friends people that you would already describe as sex positive or do you not know like is this uh, are these conversations you've you've talked to with your friends about before uh how was that received um have they initiated conversations or shown interest in this sort of stuff yeah there's lots of ways to have a sex positive group chat it could be nude sharing it could be asking questions recommendations who's tried this i feel like it's a really good idea if the discussion is not just you know i don't i don't use the word bragging in a negative way but like you know sexy nude sharing or i just did this like that could come across as being a bit intimidating to people that are less experienced or less sure so if it's a mix of things like questions conversations affirmations building each other up you know sharing certain things and so there's a little bit of a mix of the type of media or the type of conversation you're having. That sounds really good. This listener mentions um, easier and less awkward. So is it something that you've tried? You know, did this not go well last time? Do you feel like you understand why it might not have gone well this time? How do you want to change that kind of approach? Uh, and so, you know, for me, the personal share is that I'm still working on this. The hard part for me is balancing between when you have a group conversation of people you want to platonically share with and what's a group situation where a bit of flirting is okay and like how do you manage that and like are you wanting to flirt with your friends or are you wanting to just have a platonic yet sexually affirming and sex positive conversation because that's a little bit different and that can be a bit hard to navigate too. Yeah, I mean, it takes, you know, a, a, a decent level of uh, emotional maturity, to be honest, and being able to have conversations that may, that may be a bit awkward sometimes. But that's the thing, sort of like less awkward, at, at back to the question, it's kind of like, 
did did you feel awkward? Did the person tell you that they felt awkward? Did you read into body language or reply time or sort of like other signifiers? Like, I think that's the, like, did you have the direct conversation as a check-in of like, how did you feel about that? And that's really what it boils down to, I think, is like being able to have those check-in conversations in a really real, honest way and share You've got to be able to share yourself quite vulnerably, I think, to be able to really connect on topics like that. Mm. If you're going to be the friend that leads the creation of that space, I would say break it into a separate group chat, make it opt in, really set the culture, be very clear on your expectations, what you'd like it to be, how you'd like to use it, what you intend to share with it, and then make it okay for people to come and go engage or not engage based on how they're feeling so it doesn't feel really pressuring. And, you know, check in individually with those people outside of the group chat as well. Like, are you feeling okay in that? Uh, Do you feel comfortable with everyone else who's in that group chat and navigate it from there? It's worth trying, but if you also find that your existing friendship group is just not comfortable with it, it could be something new that you seek out with new friends and new people as well. Yeah, it's like, are there places like online? Like I'm part of some really interesting Facebook groups. Like I'm part of this really fun pegging one um, and another one that's like, uh, really fat and slutty and so it's yeah lots <laughs> awesome. of people uh, yeah at varying uh, heavier weights who share different sorts of nudes and like it's really fun and um and yeah pegging is like yeah heaps and heaps of memes and just people really openly frothing about kind of like loving that um and so like I find those spaces like uh, like affirming and positive to be a part of because it's yeah spaces where the premise has been set for a certain kind of conversation. And I don't know whether maybe trying some things like that in some of your niche areas of interest and getting a bit more comfortable with sort of like a, like I guess a, a constant thread of certain kinds of conversations being in your life. And like, cause it, it, yeah, if you, as Lara was saying, if you want to lead the charge, like I feel like getting a really solid base of confidence within these conversations and the kind of confidence that can handle uh, rejection or a no thank you and having that be okay and and having the person feel safe enough that they can be honest with you that they're not interested in that and not interested in sharing with that without that affecting the relationship that you do have because I think that's something that people get stressed about I still get stressed about it the blurring of the lines between friendship and sex and you know I practice non-monogamy and that's still something that I get awkward about with um you know partners who sleep with friends and stuff like that and I still you know get confronted and yeah it's like requires a lot of honesty both with yourself and others and Lauren you can say one more thing but then we're done (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's something that can be really rewarding it can take tries it requires vulnerability gentleness and we encourage you to keep going gently the end all right this next one is pretty meaty and I don't know how we're going to talk about it in seven minutes but we're going to try red hot go hard um <laughs> that's what we do me and Lauren try hard real hard um, <laughs> okay uh ready steady go dear wonderfully done i recently asked someone to take a trip with our company team under the guise of business last year it went great and much business was done but honestly one of my primary goals was to get to know her better as i was falling for her i found out she fell for someone else during the trip 
I'm glad she found happiness and that I was able to facilitate it, but I feel so many emotions. I feel pathetic, ashamed that I'm not 100% happy for them, angry and sad. I'll continue working with her at our company. How can I put this behind me so that we can continue a great working relationship? I love her dearly, but I have got to get my emotions in check. I don't know what to do as she's clearly not interested. Well, my guy, having a crush with someone that you work with is a really tough time, but mixing the work trip with a personal crush, subconscious goals or more conscious was just not a good move. That was really rough on yourself. Yeah, really kind of uh, put yourself in a, a bit of a difficult position there, as well as a bit of a difficult position for your crush. Like, I'm not really quite sure from this information how overt uh, you've been with your feelings and, and it's kind of like even the mention of like a great working relationship like it, it is it great like how do how do you define great is it one of those where you've p- prop, p- been particularly nice because you're trying to flirt within also a work context it just feels a little bit like a lot of ah! <laughs> for me um and, you know, the intent of that invitation, it feels it feels a bit icky. I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be shamey, but this is uh, this is some serious thinking needs to be done around this. Um, and I would highly suggest not doing something like this again. Mm. I can understand if it was hard to be upfront with this co-worker that you had feelings for her or you hoped that it might incidentally turn into a relationship without a lot of direct communication and it hasn't worked out that way. But yeah, definitely it's working, dating with co-workers, not a great idea. Uh, think about boundaries. If you're struggling to get over this person, try to find ways to have less contact with her. I definitely feel like you still haven't processed or expressed a lot of these emotions. So I would seek therapy. I'd speak to friends outside of the situation. Personally, for me, when I've had a crush that I've really struggled with, writing a letter to myself just to get it out there or talking about it in therapy really, really helps. Uh, When I've been let down with a crush not working out, what helps is doing something significant to make myself feel special. That helps me look after myself and acknowledge that this relationship won't make me feel special. This person isn't going to make me feel special. I need to make me feel special. So feel your feelings. You know, emotions are just information. Even if you feel ashamed or like a loser or anything, it doesn't make it actually reality right now. And a crush not having the same feelings back is an extremely human experience. There's many people out there like you. There are songs that have been written about this. Your feelings don't define you and connect with other people about it. But with time, you will absolutely get over this. It's survivable. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's, yeah, moving away from it with intent because I think it's very, you know, it can be very tempting um, to sort of not let go of crushes sometimes and, and kind of cause yourself a lot of distress by, I guess, essentially not putting your foot down with yourself really and because that's the thing you're in a working situation this stuff needs to continue it's not it's not sort of really her fault that this has happened um and you know she probably (laughs) is trying to do her job at her job and you know I, I I would hate to think that I couldn't do my job as well um because I was essentially being punished for not reciprocating feelings I might not have known about um I of course have been in the position where I've had crushes at work 
work, you know, that haven't been reciprocated. I mean, I, it's natural, I think, to fall for people that you spend a lot of time with. Um, but, you know, I'm a pretty, uh, not that I've always stuck to it, but I try to live towards uh, don't shit where you eat. Somewhere you got to go all the time. So, you know, making making it easy as possible for yourself is really good. Um, I kind of did want to ping the, um, it almost sounds a little bit of like kind of taking ownership of the connection that she's made with the other person with this kind of language around facilitating. Um, I think it's really important to, to step away from that and you don't get credit for that. It's not because of you. Uh, that's completely separate from you. Like, remember that this woman that you say you care for, she is a person with her own agency, not just sort of somebody that's going to fill, fulfill your fantasy desire you know one of a really good piece of advice my mom gave me when I was a lot younger you know I've always been been the fat girl so it was always like all of the um the people that I liked always liked my friends instead and I was like eternally jealous like and just you know really just like why does nobody like me and my mom sort of just said to me like you you really can't control other people's attraction they're just gonna do what they're gonna do and you've got to be okay with that and I think I personally found that really helpful. Definitely. Yeah. You say that you love this person or love her dearly. Like, are you close friends outside of work? Uh, are you very close co-workers? Have you had a long relationship? Please consider what level of intensity of feelings are appropriate. And it sounds like these this level of intensity isn't working for you either. So therapy, help, expression, time, distance, all of those things will help uh, to just try and let go of this. And we wish you the best. All right. Next question. I guess I, I think this is our this is our last one. We try to, you know, not do a bajillion because we've got lots of other things to say in this episode. <laughs> so <laughs> next question. Oh, I've got to reset the timer. That would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dear Wonderfully Done. How would you define intimacy in the context of your relationships, physical, emotional, or a bit of both? So, dear listener, I wonder where this question comes from. Uh, Is the question of defining intimacy part of a conversation you're having with a partner about fidelity, about what constitutes cheating? Because I find a lot of the time people try and define what intimacy is in terms of what is confronting or what boundaries they have. And I might just be totally picking up on left field here, but yeah, I'm curious about why the listener is interested in defining intimacy. Uh, Intimacy is really hard to define. Uh, To me, it means knowing another person deeply and simultaneously feeling deeply known. The thing that's really important for me about intimacy is that as it is a symmetrical kind of behavior. Like you have achieved a quite symmetrical level of intimacy. It's not intimacy if it's really out of whack. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think that's uh, just a beautiful description just in like uh, knowing and being known. Like I think one of my favorite things to say to somebody, it sounds so silly, but just saying like, you know, I see you and really, you know, because that's the thing, right? There's the face that we show the world. There's the face that we show ourselves. Uh, there's <laughs> who we truly are inside. And, you know, some of that can get quite, you know, 
mucky sometimes like Lauren you know intimacy intimacy means a lot of different things to me and um it's very different across a lot of different relationships that I have and have had in my life um feeling safe I think is a big part of intimacy for me uh something that I actually find really difficult in relationships um is letting go of uh feeling like I have to be perfect um and it actually genuinely takes me I would say the better part of a year to truly let down my guard and not be constantly performing um and putting aside my other my own feelings always um in pursuit of pleasing the other person first so I mean that one's you know that's really difficult to even think of and acknowledge sometimes because you know it makes me question like is the intimacy that I feel true if I'm not being true to myself um Mm. I think that's very well spoken I think intimacy is often it's not having no boundaries, but it's actually communicating boundaries, navigating between boundaries. You know, I think a lot of people can think about social circles and it's okay to have people that are on outer circles and then closer circles and then very close circles. And you can't have a lot of people in that really close circle. Like, you know, a lot of the time, you know, we are still as animals, we still have the same capacity that ancestors did 200 years ago. And 200 years ago, we lived in populations of hundreds, you know, and the internet makes us a population of everyone. So when we think about resources for intimacy, you know, intimacy is something that for me is reserved for kind of very few people. Like as a person, I'm very friendly and warm to a lot of people, but I would say that I'm intimate with very few. I have a hard time with the part of like the deeply knowing me that you talked about, Vix. So like, like sharing difficult emotions, sharing the parts of my personality that are a little bit more difficult or what's hard for me is very difficult. And I do think an important part of emotional intimacy is actually sharing your core beliefs and your values. It's not just like sharing emotions, but what do you really believe in? What's really meaningful to you kind of thing. And, you know, I do require emotional and physical intimacy for sex. A lot of people use intimacy as a euphemism for sex and sex doesn't always have to include emotional intimacy. For me, it does. (laughs) And for things like kink, you know, kink is something that might not be sexually intimate, but it is emotionally intimate for me. Like you do have to have a connection. You, You do have to have a communication going on. You do have to have a feeling of safety. So, you know, even if you do have intimacy issues uh, or you're looking for non-sexual intimacy, have a look at non-sexual kink. It might be really helpful. Yeah, no, lots of lovely things there. I love how, like, gently, like, serious this one became immediately. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, you know, a very near and dear topic. Like, I think it's taken me a really long time to, you know, understand that I need to actually reserve intimacy at too fewer people instead of really doling it out uh because yeah it it takes time and energy and every every choice that we make about where we spend time is important and all the little things that we do in our lives are what that's what our life is the life life is the little bit little bits and bobs you know like you know when I think about intimacy like there's all kinds of different intimacy you know like there's that beautiful like little quiet intimacy where you can sit in silence and snuggle up and watch a movie and uh, it's for me being able to be honest without a fear of repercussion like it's um people who are going to be there uh for you in the hard times in a really 
a really genuine way um yeah it's it's funny I one of actually when I think about like uh, you know first times I experienced what I felt was really deep intimacy in a relationship I used to not really believe in long-term relationships and just kind of thought it was a waste of time and and then you know I had my first long-term partner and then I started to understand all the different ways that, that you reach that deeper place with someone that you're with for a longer time and a really intimate moment that we shared one time was like um you know me allowing my partner to shave my pussy <laughs> I love that and like that for you know I was still very body hung up at that time nowhere near the level of confidence that I am now so being able to trust somebody to see me real close up with all the lights on um, and you know that's actually probably one of my like weird things that I've been weird about for a long time until like only probably within the last year or so being able to even talk to people about pubic hair because I was always so ashamed about it Um, but like that for me was like wow that's like that's true intimacy baby. I'm doing intimacy and yeah for me just to discover friendships that are actually intimate because a big thing for me was like my sexuality being closeted for a long time made me really good at lying and really Mm. good at not being honest even with the closest friends and the closest family so that's a big part of my intimacy hang up and friendships like what I have with Vix where we're actually you know she'll do a share and then I'll do a share or if I'm not sharing she's very gently like Lauren, please share, (laughs) like in a really nice, really gentle way that maintains my emotional and physical safety. And I can be physically affectionate the way that I want to with her. And it's honestly very, very rare for me because sometimes I will still commit to relationships because it's what the other person wants. So having that check in of which of your relationships are very symmetrical? And if this question of intimacy is part of a fidelity conversation with partnerships, I'd say saying emotional intimacy isn't allowed is very hard to enforce because emotional intimacy blooms all over the place and love can be really different and expressed very differently. But in terms of physical intimacy, I can understand more of a conversation around boundaries to do with that. But I just want to flag that, yeah, constraining emotional intimacy becomes very hard. And if you're confronted by your partner's best friend and how emotionally intimate they are, that's probably a trust issue to talk about in therapy or otherwise. Totally. We went a bit over on that one, but like this one is lovely and I almost don't want to stop talking about it at all, but we made a commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Ask us more about intimacy, our little baby chinos. We We like talking about it. We love to talk more about it. It's a very near and dear topic. And I just, yeah, I just think there's a lot of value even in um, that, that big, gosh, that big area around, um, trying to control emotional intimacy in others' lives because I I think emotional intimacy to different levels is, you know, it's like a really important part of all relationships. Like it will be present in some way, shape or form. But I think what Lauren said was really valuable around, yeah, the symmetry of that and there will be different depths with different relationships and um, making sure you're on the same page and and having, as we talk about on the show a lot, like honest conversations both with yourself about what you want and what you hope for and what you need and and opening a conversation up with them about it. Like, and it, it, that's if you've got a good, symmetrical, honest relationship, it should be a safe place to be able to talk about stuff that's a bit harder for most people, mm-hmm. you know? 
And just to do a little slippery slide here to connect two of the questions, if you have got a crush on someone, you may not have a degree of physical intimacy and you may not have emotional intimacy. Unrequited love is when you've become very emotionally intimate with someone you'd like to be physically intimate and it's that uncomfortable bridge <laughs> of a situation. So just to illustrate some examples there about what can happen <laughs> and why that's hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crashes is such a big topic. Ask us more about crashes so we can talk lots about that. You know, I think it's so interesting in this podcast, right, how, like, you know, we've done a, a number of episodes now and it's, it still feels like sometimes we haven't even scratched the surface on so many topics. Like, it's just such a robust, beautiful area of life and how people connect with each other. Endless. I love it. All right. I guess uh, it's it's time to move into our little wacky sections. Actually, they're not Woo-hoo. very wacky. And maybe they'll have music <laughs> one day, like... I don't know. I, I don't want to make you promises. It's on our to-do list, but we'll see. All right. So it's Lenny Lane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. Um, all right. <laughs> I'm not. I love it. Victoria bears all of the vulnerability <laughs> way too often. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so funny. I feel like that's definitely a conversation I have with people frequently, um, you know, around vulnerability. And um, I think people just kind of assume that it's really, really easy for me because I do it all the time. But it's kind of like, it's still, it still takes effort. And I still get embarrassed and feel ashamed sometimes of things that I shouldn't feel ashamed about. But you know, life's hard. So vulnerability hangovers are real. But you see, yeah, oh my God, I get such bad <laughs> emotional <laughs> vulnerability hangovers. They are so destroying sometimes. Seriously. <laughs> Always on Sundays. The Sunday sads are real, y'all. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, um, I like did a did a, ter- a terrible Lenny Lane song that we didn't even launch into it. So here's, No, no, here's, I, I made us run around in circles about it, but let's get into it. Here's the spiel. This mm-hmm. is Lenny Lane, baby Chinos. This is where we talk about things that we've been learning about and that we would like to share with you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start on this one, Lauren? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I've really been enjoying reading a book that technically is for work. So currently for work, we're looking a lot at how do we help people be kinder to themselves? How do we help people be kinder to others? And what do you need as a as a situation that helps people be kinder to each other because we're in a very polarized world, right and left, all this kind of stuff. So we've been looking and researching as a team a lot about kindness and a book that's been really nice for that has been Love 2.0. So this is a book by Barbara L. Fredrickson. So it's all about creating happiness and health in moments of connection. It's really good, really accessible. It ties to science. Uh, It talks about the, Uh, the polyvagal nerve, uh, which I might not be pronouncing correctly, but it is a very interesting part of the body that uh, really helps that mind-body connection. I recommend people look into it. And one of the main ideas in that book is the idea that love is made in moments and is frequent but recurring. So love is not a destination, but it is a habit. You can be in a relationship with someone, but love is like a verb and an action and has to be sort of done often, but also you can access love with a stranger that you'll never meet again. It's like, it's a, it's a mindset, you know, it's an approach kind of situation. So really, really recommend it. Uh, very nice nonfiction book, very interesting, ties to science, anthropology, and all that good stuff. 
Ah, just listening to you talk about that has given me goosebumps. <laughs> this sounds so deeply up my alley, I can't even handle it. <laughs> it's a it's a very beautiful orange book. It looks very nice like oh, this. I'm showing gorgeous. Vix on our little video. It's a very nice. Well, I just, I really like, uh, yeah, when thinking about love, I feel like it, it, it's such a, it's used so passively so often. Um, but like love takes effort and commitment uh, and to all those different kinds of love, uh, you know, in your life. Um, and I, ah, uh, I love, I love investing in my love banks. Like, <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're all about the idea that you can achieve and practice all kinds of love with all kinds of people, monogamous and otherwise. And that even if you're in a commitment that's like marriage, you know, you absolutely have to keep investing and practicing treating love as a verb in that kind of way, because no relationship will continue to flourish just because of that legal piece of paper. You gotta, gotta do the thing. Wow. Mm. Oh, I feel so inspired. <laughs> I feel like I can think of somebody already that I want to have a conversation with us about. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love it. Uh, my learning lane, uh, Lauren is going to have to fill in because I'm terrible with names. My beautiful copy of Sex and Social Media arrived. Uh, we've mentioned this on our show before. I will include a, a link to it in our show notes. Um but this was a, a book that me and Lauren were both research participants for. And I'm just very excited that it's, it's arrived on my doorstep. Um, I wanted to mention it. I've only just, just, just started it. But, um, you know, as a smart, smart books backed by academia, it has uh, started beautifully. We're taking the time to define what both sex and social media mean in the context of the book. And so... I really like that sex was defined as anything where the desired outcome of the action, action, <laughs> uh, <laughs> action was uh, <laughs> sexual pleasure for you, um, which I thought was really nice because uh, I just feel like it's such a broader um, definition uh, of sex than I've um, seen before. Um, I like that. And, and, and yeah, just kind of like how that actually includes so many more acts um, than it usually would, you know, I, I guess actually counting, you know, sexting like it's sex or that sort of thing. Because it was talking about how um, the definition of sex uh, varies wildly depending on how the person feels about the action, right? It, it sort of mentioned how... Um, maybe people would consider something not sex, you know, if it was, let's say, you know, let's say younger me when I didn't classify, uh, you know, going down on people or hand jobs or anything like that as sex, because then that would mean that I would have to say that I had slept with more people. So, you know, I didn't want to do that because of how I believed that reflected back on me. Shame culture. Yeah. yeah. So I just think this, there's just so, there's such a enormous variety of reasons that people may or may not consider uh, different acts as sex depending on that context and their feelings about it um oh you know when you've only read a teeny bit of a book but you're already like oh <laughs> it is... starts good and it makes you think things i'm already thinking so many things um and I, I just thought it was, uh, you know, super interesting taking a, a moment to think about how deeply entwined sex and the digital world actually are, you know, because I feel like so many areas of the internet, I'm almost all are so 
punishing of sex or sexual content of all kinds you know like all of the wild Facebook rules around like you can't have these certain emojis in conjunction that are sexually suggestive and the I just, female nipple <laughs> yeah I just think it's so fucked up how the digital world um, really reinforces such negative stereotypes around sex and how it fits into the world and like it's a it's a huge part of life for a lot of people and god damn it like (laughs) everyone would be having so much better sex if they weren't being bloody shamed for it like constantly You know, it's like digitally, that's the place where people watch porn. It's where we find people to date in today's world. It's where, you know, sex workers procure business and proliferate their promo material. And it's just, yeah, I'm really excited to dig deeper into this book, but it's already, you know, I I, I think something's going to be a good book when it's already pinging so many thought trains and sort of like, I've literally only read about 10 to 15 pages. So hopefully uh, the next time we do an episode, I've read uh, a lot more of it uh, because I'd love to talk a lot more about it. Um, Yeah. I just wanted to share a little bit about that. (laughs) Absolutely. Excellent. And let's also share a little bit of a weekly wonderful Vix. So when we do a little weekly wonderful, that's all about us chatting about something that we've loved this week. Super broad. It might be a recommendation, something that just made us happy. But, you know, especially in the year of 2020, anything that gives us serotonin is uh, really important. Yum, yum, yum. Yeah, 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 yum. Oh, my God. I've got so many this week. Good. Um, I wanted to start with... um, saying that something that I did was I actually added to my dating profiles that I make a sex (laughs) podcast and you know as a prompt told people to listen to it maybe do a vulnerable share um and it's been really fun like a few people have listened to it and um done some vulnerable shares and it's been actually like a really fun jumping off point for interesting uh, conversations as well as uh, you know I kind of like that somebody could listen to how I talk and get a good idea of who I am like because like uh, I'm sure as Lauren can attest to you like the way that we're making this show we're not kind of really putting shit on <laughs> like it's not a persona this is really no, just us <laughs> just kind of who we are uh and conversations that we have and things that really interest us and we we just really enjoy getting into the guts of um th- these topics of people's sex love bodies um So it's just, yeah, it's just been really nice. I've been kind of surprised that people have been listening and enjoying it. Not that I don't think people should enjoy this because I I think it's, I'm I'm pretty proud of it, to be honest. Like Me too, massively. We're great. It's a great show. It brings a lot of joy to my life. Um, I also uh, got more things to my cocktail cart this week and have been uh, really getting into like making beautiful cocktails. Like when we're allowed to have people over again, I'm so excited to, yeah, like treat people to lots of cute different drinks and I've been collecting cute glasses and cute little accoutrements to put put on them and uh want to get some like um my next next thing is wanting to maybe get some um some like paper paper lanterns and stuff for outside so we can sort of make a nice outside area to hang out in um I've genuinely broken like four or five glasses at one of my partner's places over the past six months. I really need to <laughs> buy him some more glasses, so I'm going to have to get some cute recommendations from you, Vix. Uh, 
Tessa is our resident glass breaker, but she's actually mm. been very good lately. <laughs> None of the, I, I feel like uh, I need some wood to touch. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I mean, it, you know, it's it, they're just glasses. Like it doesn't matter. And like, as long as we're having a good time. Um, I also have got some colored lights for my room, which I copied Tessa on because she's great and does smart, cool things. But they, you know, all different colors. They go red and purple and green, you know, pretty much whatever you want. And I've been testing, um, starting to try and take some nudes with them. And um, the ones that I was trying to do this week was um, uh, still, I sometimes get sucked into the trap when taking nudes of kind of trying to like obscure or place my belly in attractive ways that you know where I'm like trying to hide it um but I just did a whole bunch that were really really belly forward you know yeah and um actually looking at the different shapes and that sort of thing and um you know the the extra level of comfort with the lighting and I actually just put like a belt on so you know to further emphasize like um my waist which also you know accentuated how much you know bigger my tummy is in my waist I love it um but they actually made me feel really good also you know made me feel a little bit inspired um to like maybe try and like draw some of them which which is another thing I've been doing again lately is um drawing which I've been missing terribly but um I've been drawing lately like really big floppy titties um which um it's been really pleasing, which I'm like low key, like maybe we should make some stuff out of my flop titty. <laughs> area. I love your flop, flop titty, juicy, juicy bazooms. The art that you've been doing with the colors that you've been doing <laughs> have just been so good. Oh, so lush. I've been loving it. These are CMYK, baby. They've been like my ride or die for like a really long time. And I'm just finding this um, this area quite empowering because I'm not sure if I have mentioned this in an episode. Anyway, doesn't matter. But like, I've always been really like ashamed of my big floppy titties, um, and uh, I've found a lot of beauty in them now, and other sweet titties like mine, and all the other kinds of titties in the world. So you know, I'm just kind of trying to have a bit of fun with it. Like, I've been thinking about maybe. Um, like laser cutting some MDF and maybe doing some like wall art of some big sweeping, twisting titties to twist all over themselves. So Mm -mm. I don't know, watch this space. Who's to know? Maybe we'll do some titty commissions on the uh, merch store that we eventually do. (laughs) That sounds really, really good. Yeah, everyone, you know, we can open up commissions. You can send us pictures of your titties. We make art from your titties. Could be a great time. Would love, (laughs) would love. I've said so many things, but you know, it's been, um, been feeling pretty good lately and I'm feeling really grateful for that. I honestly feel like taking nudes or making anything creative is a sign that you're doing pretty well mentally. Like I find that if I'm having a day where I'm humming or I'm jiggling or I'm dancing or I actually sing along with something, those aren't my worst days because when I'm super depressed, it's like I'm not even doing that. Like those are little joyful things and you are demonstrating a degree of, you know, emotional safety with yourself. So I think it's it's absolutely a sign of a better headspace and that is very precious, <laughs> especially in 2020. Ooh. Oh, I mean, yeah, for me, my weekly wonderful today has been some manual labor. Um, <laughs> I did some gardening uh, in the sun. It was even just for only 45 minutes or something. Massive weeding. Um, my partner and I are preparing to get chickens again. So that's going to be something really nice to look forward to in lockdown. And then Vic's mentioning her big floppy titty art uh, reminded me as well that I really enjoyed the art of Exotic Cancer, who is a very cool Melbourne-based 
um, stripper. I massively recommend her work. And uh, I read her book, um, Shit Men Say in Strip Clubs, that I got as a birthday present recently, which was great. And that's just gorgeous art that has stretch marks and body hair and boob job scars and just like a million, you know, and ugly toes, ugly, quote unquote, like a million things that just felt very high femme and also grotesque and just like such a good little combination as well. So looking at art that is awesome and and great makes me feel wonderful too. Oh, me too. Sometimes I genuinely feel overwhelmed with how many beautiful creations there are in the world. Like sometimes I swear like being on Pinterest almost brings me to tears with just the just the gorgeous illustrations and makeup work and different kinds of photography and cake making and cocktail making. Just there's just there's so much beauty and so many different kinds of activities. And I'm also so stoked that you really like that artist too because that's I've got a, a bunch of um, her things on my wish list. <laughs> oh, exotic cancer uh, is amazing. I really yes, think her work is awesome. Mm-hmm. Must remember to put these things in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it for you, little babies. <laughs> Well, um, we're actually, I guess, going to have another section today, um, which we're going to call Sexy News for now. <laughs> uh, so to start with the sexy news, it's 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 the end of season one. Like this, this, Whoa. this is it. We, we, My God. We did it. Uh, originally, you know, we were like, you know, let's like make 10 episodes and see how we feel about it. And, you know, have a little, have a little thinkaroony. Uh, maybe <laughs> we want to carry on. Maybe we won't. And it became very clear very early into the project that this was going to be something we were going to be doing for a long time. <laughs> so don't worry. We're going to be coming back. But uh, part of ending a season is that means it is, it's time that we got some fucking feedback. Like we, it's time for you to tell us your thoughts and feelings on what we're doing with Wonderfully Done. What could we do better? What have you loved? What episodes have really resonated with you? What have you not liked so much? And is there anything that you'd like to see? Uh, getting getting your feedback is honestly one of the best ways that we can make the show better. And we are both deeply invested with making something uh, that both feels good to make, that feels good for people to listen to, that helps people to feel seen. And really, I, I one of our greatest hopes is to really start massaging some of the shame out of people's lives when it comes to to sex beautifully said and we want to build a community you know we love you our early listeners our season one you know og listeners and you know we want to develop a relationship with you understand what delights you how we can serve you how we can talk alongside you and yeah, the conversations that you want to have. So please, uh, please get involved with the feedback survey. You'll see it on our mailing list, our Twitter and everywhere else. Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be share, sharing it about, but uh, it would really, really mean a lot to us. Uh, I, I'll put, um, when we'll have on there, um, you know, how, roughly how long we think it will be to f- to fill in, but it'll it'll be less than ten minutes, I would imagine. We'll make it we'll make it real short, absolutely. Well, you know, I I love how it's like. Well, this won't be shorter because we're gonna do many questions, but ha, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the maxi tampon of episodes. <laughs> We don't talk about tampons enough, you know. We should. It's huge. Shove it up, yeah. Have a good time. 
Okay, so that is all we have for you this episode and in the season for that matter. Uh, we're actually going to take a couple of weeks break because, uh, you know, we want to make the show bigger and better and cooler and that takes some fucking time. So <laughs> uh, got lots of tasks to be getting on with. Um, however, uh, you know, our curious cat, she is always ready and waiting for your questions. So if you wanted to hear us talk about something or had a specific question, please send it our way. Uh, you can slide into our DMs, as always, on Twitter at our very confusingly named at DoneWonderfully on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or slip us an anonymous message on our curious cat at curiouscat.qa slash wonderfullydone. Wonderfully Done should be able to be downloaded pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, for that matter. And hey, you're doing wonderfully. <laughs>